a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This is the Detroit Supercross Race Review. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Flyracing.com. Please go there. Uh, take a cool photo of yourself uh, rocking fly, winning something in fly. Uh, riding something with Fly. They love to share the photos with fans, which is why they create the Flywall. The Flywall is a fun way for Fly Racing fans to share their photos right on the Fly Racing website. You can be on the website like Jason Thomas or Eli Tomac was uh, this past weekend. Head over to flyracing.com, look for the Flywall in the upper right of the homepage, choose Post a Pick, and upload a favorite photo of yourself. If approved, the photo will show up on the Flywall. It's as simple as that. Flyracing.com, and uh, we appreciate the folks at Fly Racing for everything they do. Mountain bike gear, snowmobile gear as well, hard parts. Hey, don't forget, people, um, if you're looking for a specific podcast, please search Steve Mathis Classics, Volume 1, 2, and 3. I've, I did a shit ton of podcasts back in the day, and this is uh, uh, 2017. I started in 2008, so there's a lot of uh, uh gold on steve mathis classics volume one two and three uh there's not all of it gold but please check it out i get a lot of tweets and emails about doing podcasts with this guy or that guy well chances are uh there's something done in there and uh yeah go please please check it out all right everybody this is the detroit supercross race review flyracing.com i'm steve mathis with me on the line from fly racing on a sunday night he's doing the podcast he's back he skipped it last week but he's doing it now the jason thomas I wouldn't really say I skipped it. I would say you skipped me, but uh, there's going to be a I'm sure there's going to be an argument somewhere along that line. But uh, and also bold, bold calling it gold. But that's all right. I, w- I would probably agree. They're they're absolutely fantastic. But I wasn't ready for the the, the gold comment. That's all right. Take pride in it. I mean, it's not my work that's gold, but there's some really good ones in there. I feel like it is. It's all your work in there. It's. I mean, you created no, but, all of that. No, but I'm not the gold of the of the podcast. The, the guests are. The guests are the gold. I'm. Yeah, you can you can walk it back all you want. I, I wouldn't argue it. I think it's. A, I've listened to. Eh, I'd say ninety percent of the podcast, maybe more. Uh, it's gold. Do you skip right over the Canadian motocross race reviews? Uh, no, there was just a few where I just wasn't interested or just missed them in the early days or whatever. But I've listened to mm-hmm. nine, I feel like over 90% is a pretty high number. Okay. Yeah, I do too. Uh, also on the line uh, from, y- from, uh, from Wygant, from Racer X, the Jason Wygant. What's up, Weech? Yeah. Um, the, we got big news here. We got big news. We got a hangout contest winner coming up for this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who is should it? Should we save it for the end or should we say it now? We got a no, winner. No, we'll forget. So let's do it now. 
All right. Drum roll, please, on a non-live podcast, on a recorded show. He might already know he's the winner, but I don't think so. I hope you're listening. I hope you downloaded this. From Jeff, Illinois, Brian Belangi will be hanging out with Mathis and I. Congratulations, second Brian. Place, second place, you get to hang out with us uh, for two weekends in a row. He's going to both of them? Congratulations, Brian. Now, my joke is that if, if you win, you get us once. If you finish second, you have to deal with us twice. You actually oh, got it. Sorry, I'm a little yeah. slow. Yeah, sorry. We will also have a winner for Seattle. We'll announce on uh, next week's show. So here we go. And I just want to say we had an unbelievable response for this. I mean, just the subscription numbers, just massive, just mind-boggling. I think that, um, I think that this contest I think we single-handedly saved the publishing world. Yes, I think this contest ensures my future employment at RacerX for many oh. decades to come. Oh, the amount of people that entered—it's like 1983 again. Like print media is where it's at, based on the numbers we got for this now. Incredible. Uh, where? Uh, well, congratulations, and we look forward to hanging out with you in, in St. Louis. We'll uh, we'll take you everywhere that we can, or wherever you want to go, or whoever you want to meet. And chances are every single team and rider will bag on one of us or both of us when we approach and come in. I did arrange at Millsaps. I did say we need you to lock us in. Uh, we will come over to you, and then you need to <laughs> talk endless crap on how stupid we are in front of the contest winner. He's game. So oh, he's, that'll definitely be part of the tour. He's down yeah. for that. Like, yeah, like he, oh. may, he may not be down for training and practicing and everything else. But, but when it comes to that... He's ready. <laughs> we don't have Phil any longer. We can no longer count on Phil. No. Who's uh, laid up. So we'll, have, we'll go with Millsaps. Um, uh, and the same guy that tried to run me down last week after the race and, uh, and everything else. So should be fun. This weekend I was wearing a pair of new shoes. They have a, a slight tint of orange on them. And now, now I pull for Ryan Dungey in every single truck. I am Orange Brigade. Insert, insert every single team saying, oh, Orange Brigade, ah, Dunge, you're pulling for Dunge. I'm just like, oh, these idiots. So, um, yeah, the reason I brought up the classics, and I've been doing that more and more, but again, I brought it up on this podcast because Jim Hollywood Holly uh, got a new phone. He got a new phone. It's no longer a flip phone. He has an iPhone 4, Weech? 3? I think it's 3. It's an iPhone 3. And so he's yeah. discovered podcasts, and um, I walked him through it, took him in, downloaded it, everything. And he was like, cool, all right. First he said he didn't have the internet. He said, I don't have the internet. And I'm like, Jim, you have the internet on that phone. <laughs> you see that little Wi-Fi thing? That is the internet. Um, and then he, then I, he said, oh, I listened to that podcast. And I said, uh, oh, how'd you like it? He goes, oh, I couldn't get on my phone. So we're still working on that. But um, he now he's, yeah, he said he listened to that Jeff Hicks one you did a few weeks ago. So then we said, how did you listen to it? He just sat in front of a computer yeah. for like an hour and a half out there. Right, right. Like old fashioned radio. <laughs> and, and he uh, and he so then he said, uh, have we ever done one of these? And I said, uh, yeah, we've done like two of them or three of them, Jim. And he didn't believe me. And they're in there, Jim. So. Okay. I say that Jim has discovered the world of podcasts with the iPhone, but um, also the world has discovered many things now that Jim has an iPhone with him at the races. <laughs> it was a voyage of discovery this weekend. Lots of things that Jim was able to show us now that he's got an iPhone. Well, <laughs> it's quite amazing. I wonder when Jim will run out of memory. I mean, these those older phones don't have a lot of memory. 
No, no, no. He did. During track walk, he started showing me stuff, and then he got the message. His phone is out of memory. He's like, well, I don't even have anything on here. What's the deal? And then he's like, hey, you know about this thing, WhatsApp? And then it just started rolling. I mean, the photos, it was, I'm surprised the phone didn't just melt. (laughs) Jim does enjoy photography. He does enjoy photography. Um. All right, everybody. So, yeah, please check it out. Thanks to uh, – I forgot the guy's name already, but thanks for subscribing, and we're going to hang out with you, and that's cool. Um, Brian Belangie and, and guest. Good job, JT. JT, you're around, right? Uh, nope. I will be in Seattle, though. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll get our next week's better. Oh. JT is on uh, the program of Wygan. He does not go to races anymore, apparently. Mm. World's not big enough for both of us. You're going to get one or the other. Yeah. Skipping Detroit, skipping uh, St. Louis. All right, okay, all right, I get it. I get yep. not a lot of devotion from you, Tom. Just on your uh, 2016 schedule, Mathis. 2016 schedule. Yeah, I only missed one. All these races I last I, year. I think I only missed one. No, 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 no. No, sir, mm. that is incorrect. I missed two: Daytona yep. and Detroit. Yep. Yep. All right. It's my first time in Detroit in a couple years, by the way. I skipped it. Swiss Corps handled it, and it went so great last year that I figured I would, I would show up this year. Yeah, you're, you're taking some liberties with the word handled. <laughs> hashtag Lars. <laughs> hashtag Knowles. Um, okay, so uh, let's last start. Last year, by the way, uh, you and I, uh, neither of us went to Detroit, Mathis, and I think the thing was like, ah, what's the worst that could happen? What's really going to go down randomly in Detroit that we're going to need to be there to cover it? And then it becomes the first race ever where a rider is stripped of a victory post-race yeah, due to right. a penalty, which is done. So, yeah, we can't do that anymore. That's a good point. never thought of that. It was a big deal. Yeah, Anderson got the win. Yeah, it was uh, – yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, first of all, I guess um, seven points. It's seven points right now. Um, and JT on that track – you could only go so fast, or maybe not. Maybe you could go as fast as you want if you were Eli Tomac. But it was, you know, they had Monster Jam in there on the 4th uh, of March, and it was dry. The base was really dry and slippery, and um, it looked like a track that could bite Tomac, it, it, throttle happy Tomac. But no, no, he's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, even, you know, Marv made mention of it on his podium speech. He was just basically like, well, I did my best, but. Eli was a lot better than me, so that was the best I could do. <laughs> uh, and I, I feel like that was that was true for everybody. Yeah. You know, uh, Dun- Dungey's comments on the podium were more about his first lap starting position, which is it's valid, absolutely valid. Um, you know, last year that was kind of his uh, calling card was he put himself in the right position all the time, and I would say 2015 as well. Uh, and that just hasn't been the case this year, and it's kind of uh, been a role reversal between Eli and. Uh, and and, so, and Kenny is a bit as well in 2016, and Ryan Ryan just not making it happen early in the race. But having said all that, I don't think it would have mattered. Uh, Ryan could have got the whole shot, and UI still would have won. What about that pass on the outside in the sand? Wow! Oh yeah! Wow! I yeah. mean, I mean that was that's I, what UI does right now. I watched it live, and I did not think he was going to pull that. And I watched it again today. Marvin didn't make a mistake. You know, he came in, inside was tight. And when I watched it live, I'm just like, okay, he's going to get really close to him. And he went around him much further. Wow, that was a pass, man. That was a hell of a pass by Tomac. So, I don't know. Um, 
It was, it, were you surprised it didn't bite him, JT, the track? Were you surprised at all? Well, the one thing that I, you know, the start is really <clears throat> the biggest variable right now because I think if Eli had gotten a poor start like he did in the heat race, then that changes the game for Eli because then he has to take a lot more chances and put himself in a lot more vulnerable positions to get to where he needs to be. But when he starts right there and he's in second and he can't see Dunge at all and his peripheral anywhere, I think it takes so much of the the X factor out of it for Eli making a mistake. Because I think in that moment when he gets out there, and these guys have a lot of awareness in a, in a race. You can see, you can look around, you can he can tell if Dungey's close or not. And when he doesn't see him, then he's obviously going to find comfort in that and back it down maybe a percent, you know, because he's not worried about Marv. Mm-hmm. And if he's right on him, he feels like I feel I, I'm pretty sure he knows he has Marv covered at this point, especially recently with Marv's issues. So I just think that changes everything. You know, if Eli starts 15th and Dunge is out front, then that puts the pressure on him where he's got to force it, and then it's much more likely for a mistake. But in that scenario, on the first lap, I'm like, oh, man, this is uh, obviously a terrible position for Dunge. I mean, every, anybody could see that. But for Eli, it just takes so much pressure off him where the mistake's going to come. And Weege, another – okay, look, it's already 20 minutes plus a lap, so I guess you can just, you know – Maybe this doesn't really apply because we're already going a lot longer. The guys did 24 laps. But get, Baggett was coming, and he might have got Dunge. He was on it at the end. He only finished about uh, two seconds back, but he was uh, coming up from the back. And Millsaps fought Dungey hard. You saw Millsaps. That was a great ride. And then, of course, Marvin beat him. When do these guys get a little talking to from DeCosta, Weege? Or do they? No, no, I don't think they do. Uh, I don't think they do. I mean, I, I'll answer it for you right now. Here, just pretend you're asking DeCoster, and he will say, I think I said this on the show last week, if I want to win the championship, he has to beat everyone in the race. Yeah, but Rog. I, I but, doubt but Rog. Say, maybe Vegas, <laughs> maybe Vegas. But you know Roger DeCoster, being as blunt as ever, would is not going to do that. No, in five races to go. Yeah, okay, maybe the final does, race. Does Pitt Byer, but, uh, does Pitt Byer yeah. feel that way? I mean... You know, I agree on that. Rogers, yeah, Rogers is one of those guys. I think we on this side um, always make a much bigger to do over potential team tactics than you generally see actually happen. Um, I feel like we bring this crap up all the time. Like, what about this scenario? What about that scenario? And most of the time, they just race. So, yeah, but dude, no, I don't, okay. I don't think so. And by the way, okay, if they want to do it now, they're going to have to undo. I mean, Marv has already cost Dunge a bunch of points, literally. Okay, for example, the last two weeks. So, I mean, doesn't make sense to reverse course now. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Okay, but so, okay, so Marv yeah. got the start, and Marv was beating him, and okay, so that's fine. Marv straight up. I mean, Millsaps fought to the death. That could have been. You know, could have been a little bit of a disaster for either guy. You know, I don't know. Just, just saying. Like, maybe they say, "Hey, Davey, like, don't like, maybe just let him go." Or if he catches you, he's faster. And I don't, I don't know. It's just the whole time. I, fa- I found it bizarre, Weege, that Millsaps is just. I mean, it is a tooth and nail, bar to bar, right? As Art, as Art Ekman would say, battle. Yeah, it was, and I do want to say that it is true that Baggett, I mean, Baggett closed in on those guys. He was not even close, and then all of a sudden, three or four laps to go, you're like, wait, he's pretty close, and then it's like, wait, he's right there, but uh, 
I mean, it took Dunge forever to get around Millsap, so that's just the way these tracks are, kind of a byproduct. There's like, there were basically like two areas where you can make passes at that point in the night, and those happened to be where Millsaps was good. You couldn't get him in the whoops because Millsaps was good in whoops, and that dragon back section, he was really good. So that's it. Those are really Dungey's only chances. And I think Millsaps being as talented as he is, he's always been fast in whoops, and also just being a vet and knowing how to put his bike in the right place. Dunge had a really tough time, so I think that's part of the reason Baggett closed in so much. Um, you know, if Dunge had gotten right around Millsaps, I don't think Baggett would have been there. But anyway, Mathis, you've been on these teams as a, as a mechanic, uh, and these aren't even the same teams per se. This is two different KTM teams. The perception that they're all working and getting the same paycheck because they're all riding the same brand, it doesn't work that way. Like, Millsaps and Baggett are trying to prove themselves so they can get raises for next year and, and keep rides. But if Millsaps can get a podium, that's freaking huge for Millsaps, and it's freaking huge for his team. Yeah. So the idea that he would be like, oh, I don't want to mess up Dunge's championship hopes. Let me not fight him off and not try to get third. It's not that simple. Uh, and, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't when you were at Yamaha and there's D.V. Reed and Ferry. Like, did they all think of themselves as racing for the team or for each other? Well, Chad was better, so it, it didn't always work that way. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but they weren't – those guys, again, maybe the last race of the year, maybe they'd help out. But in general, were they moving over and would they have made it easy on Chad to get a podium because he was battling no. for the title? Well, probably they got bonuses, not. And, and how would you figure all that, too? Like, JT, you might know, but I'm assuming if Millsaps got on the podium, there would be a lot of money in that for him, probably, right? Yeah, this is an interesting interesting uh, topic because I, I do know that there is, uh, there is some of that going on. And I know from talking to Forrest and Berner that there's they're not really sure how to handle it because I know with their two guys right in the mix right now, it puts pressure yeah. on them on both sides because you're right. There are huge bonuses both for the team and for the rider, and they're sure. obviously pushing pushing for that. But on the other yeah. hand, I've I've heard this conversation go on is like, what do we do with what do we do about Dunge? What I you know, and, and they've talked to Roger, and they honestly, I don't think they know. So for Davey, I know no. in the, of the moment he's just going for it. It's just not as simple, I think, as it seems on the outside. Like, hey, y'all ride for KTM, so just help Dunge out. Like, it's a very, it's a very complex situation. Um, especially, I mean, Davey told me, I couldn't believe it. He's like, hey, I don't, I'm not signed for next year. i got to do as good as I can. So it's just hard, I think, to just say, like, yeah, I'm good. I'll just move over. they they got a lot. Well, they got a living I, I, look, to I'm not, for, too. I'm not. There's a difference between moving over and fighting him to the death like Davey did. Congrats to Davey. He rode great, you know. Um, he did, yeah. And, 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 but, and, but think about where Davey's at in his career. A podium for him is huge at this point. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't had, he hasn't had a podium in a really long time. 2013. Yeah, so it's – I'm sure he was conflicted. He's not stupid. I'm sure he knows a little bit like, hey, I, you know, there's a championship going on and I'm not in it. But at the same time, you've got to be a little bit selfish about your own career too in that scenario. So I, there's no way he wasn't running all those scenarios through his head at the same time. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. I think it comes down to, he's not going to go in there and, and blow Dungey out to get it, but he's certainly not going to move over either. So. Yeah. It was intense with those two. Yeah. I mean, but Davey was clean. It wasn't oh, like yeah. he was yep, yep. doing anything, you know, over the edge at all. But man, if, you know, Dungey really wasn't, 
I want to say maybe he was a little bit faster, but when you follow somebody for, I don't know, 12 minutes or something, you're not that much faster uh, on that particular race. So mm-hmm. it's a tough, it's complicated. Yeah, there was a you huge know, risk. Huge risk. Like when Dungeon's, like again, you'd see he had like a two or three sections where he could maybe pass him. So he's got to go balls to the wall in those two sections to try to make that pass stick. So mm-hmm. you could, Dungeon could have easily crashed. Not because Millsaps did anything dirty, but just because, like, I'm going to have to go Mach 13 to these whoops to try to get next to him. I uh, uh, I guarantee yeah. you, Camp Dungey is not happy. Camp Dungey. Oh, of course has, not. No, I know. Camp Dungey has said things to Roger and Pitt or whoever. Um, you know, so the, they're not happy. They're saying, why Why is this KTM guy fighting fighting Ryan so hard? And then, uh, but you that know. doesn't mean that, that doesn't make that rational thought. No, it does not. Certainly, know that. I mean, I understand their side of it, and I probably would do the same thing. I I can fully understand and be aware of my own thought process in his situation, but that doesn't mean that Davey cares about that. You know what I mean? It's no, no. There's a lot of different sides. Oh, I know. I agree with you. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Team Dungey was pissed, and probably rightfully so, from their angle. Yeah. So that's all. It's an interesting dynamic as we as we get in. Like now, now look, Marv. Was gone, not gone. Marv at the finish, it was, it was, he was close. But I don't see even Team Dungey getting mad at Marv. He was better. He started better. He was better than Ryan. That kind of happens. I'm talking about the Millsaps or Baggett thing. You know. Um, I think it's interesting though Marv because last week though, Marv went after him last week caught him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Marv, yeah. yeah last week, Marv would be uh, in the in the in the sights. I'm more interested in the like last week situation. Like if I'm done, because these guys ride together, they train together, they bicycle together, do all they do all the things together. I serious. I'm like, hey Marv, you got a deal for next year. Like you're signed. Whatever bonus money you lose, I'll pay it. No problem. Like I, you, you lost ten grand because you got second or third. You got to, lost twenty grand. No problem. Here you go. Here's your check. No problem whatsoever. I'll give you the difference in bonus money. I don't care. Because it, man, I, I just that's got to be. I think that's even almost. As interesting because those guys are not only are the training partners, they're super good friends. You yeah. know, that's just gotta be gotta be hard to deal with because as Marv, you're fully aware, you know that you're taking points out of your buddy, but you've got to, you know, you got your own career to worry about too. But yeah. for Ryan, you're like, man, my own best friend and like training partner and all this is he's killing me here. You know, so that's, man, there's just a, there's a lot to this whole dynamic playing out the way it is. And the craziest part of all of it is that if Ryan would just could find the form that he's shown the last few years, he wouldn't have to worry about any of it. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I want to throw in one other point is that, um, okay. uh, and we'll get to the 250s here later on, but there's a lot of drama building up, as there always is when the points are close in that class. And everyone involved, the riders, they're not quite as mature. They haven't been through this drill as much as the 450 guys. So when you see their perspective, so those guys are talking about teammates and helping each other all the time. And not like Tomac, I think, is one to get intimidated or worried much, but Tomac's firing at all cylinders and having his way with everything right now. Imagine if it was flipped where he was like, man, I went on all these races, but second, third, fourth, fifth are all KTM dudes or even Husqvarna guys who train with Dunge, and they can easily help Dunge, and that's going to make it harder on me. But he doesn't even have – he's not thinking that for even one second. You know what I mean? They're not even doing anything to make it be like crap, but he's got four dudes helping him out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So that would help maybe a little bit even just on the mental side. But right now, Tomac, instead of just owning everything, and he has nothing in his, to even worry about because they're not trying any of these tactics. Yeah, yep. No, for sure. They, yep. Yeah, they've almost, I mean, i actually been meaning to ask the Cowie guys a little bit, um, you know, what do you think about this? Are you watching for this type deal, you know? so. I mean, I, I'm willing to go out on a limb. Now. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, JG. Yep. I was just going to say, it's easy. I was just going to say, I'm ready to go out on a limb at this point. And if Eli doesn't give it away with a mistake, crash, bad start, bike mechanical, this thing's over. I'm I'm there at this point with five races left. I, well, we've seen such a pattern now that, I mean, Eli's just, he's just better right now. He's better in practice. He's better in the qualifiers. He's better in the main events. He's better every time they touch their dirt bikes right now. And I don't see how, like I said, unless Eli gives it away, a la uh, Arlington, a la the first three races, any of those events, it changes everything. But the way it's been going, this thing's, this thing's done. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, two races of Eli winning and Dunge getting second, never mind third, and it's only Eli's going to get the points lead. So, yeah, well, yeah. he would tie it. You know, he would. It would only have to be basically just a third and a second, and he would tie it, and it would be over. Yep. Or he would actually be one ahead. Um, he would be one ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, JT. It's 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 just so rare in the history of the sport for someone to win this much, be this far superior to everyone else and not win the title. Basically, if you're this dominant and you win this many races, it pretty much always works out. Everyone says consistency and podiums win titles. Unless you have complete disasters, winning a ton of races, and he's won, what, six out of or eight now? Six out of eight? And seven? Seven, seven total. Eight, 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 eight total. No, seven total. Seven total. Six out of eight. So he's won yeah. seven out of nine or something like that. You, you win at that clip. You're going to be the champ. It's proven. It's been like maybe two times ever where that hasn't worked. So Bradshaw, Bradshaw so was the last bang. one that basically you could, you could look to, right? Bradshaw yeah. 92. And that's 1992. So yeah. you're looking at, what, 20, literally 25 years of if you win a crap ton of races and you're the fastest guy every weekend, it's probably going to work out. Um, well, so I, I agree. It's like when Ferry was, yeah. everybody knew Ferry was the fastest. You know, but didn't could never didn't get it out. done. Yeah, couldn't get it done. <laughs> Reminds me of those years, huh, huh JT? Well, I would I would agree. You're talking about '97 East Coast. That I would I would agree that that was another scenario where the guy that won all the races didn't win. Is that what we're talking about? No, no, I'm more talking about when Ferry, when everybody in the 450 class knew Ferry was the fastest guy, but could never get it done. Well, it just uh, send me some clips of that year. I must have, I don't know. I've had, I've hit my head a few times. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were, I think that you were in Husky or something then. It was. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, interesting to go from here. Uh, Millsaps, Baggett got Millsaps and uh, talked to Davey in the press conference, as did you, Weege, afterwards. And Millsaps is just like, that's all I had. He hasn't ridden a lot. He's been banged up. Um, and he said that, you know, basically once. He made a mistake. He said he almost went over the bars, and um, that was it. That was all he had. He fought, and he wasn't that upset, Weech, huh, about Baggett getting him. Like, I thought there'd be a little more anger there, but Davey was stoked on his ride, as he should be. But I was tiptoeing there a little bit going, how do you feel about getting, you know, third for most of the race, and not only did Dunge get you, but your teammate got you. But he was okay with it. Yeah, I think you and I were both waiting for that. Like, because Bill is a pretty competitive dude. He's a nice guy, but he's he's competitive, and I don't think he likes getting beat by teammates in general. Nothing specific about Baggett. So when we saw that developing, 
we thought he would be a little bummed, but I think he was just so tired. And I don't know if it was just from the being banged up, but I think it's just that intensity, you know, to match yeah. what any of those yep. guys are doing. If you're battling Tomac, Marv, or Dunge, it's just another level of how hard you're riding compared to what you can replicate during the week yep. or what he's done in races probably in since 2013. So, yeah, I think that was just a new experience. Although I talked to Baggett, and Baggett claims that he doesn't even know what his heart rate is, doesn't even know if he was tired, doesn't feel anything. He's just fine. <laughs> like, um, are well, you tired when you're coming from that far back and having to pass someone for fourth in the last lap? No. I was uh, I was looking forward to Anderson. Anderson finally pulled a start, and I'm like, oh, here it goes. This should be great. And he washed out. But man, yeah. right now, I don't know. I don't know if he's faster than Baggett or, or, or Davey with you know being right there. Like, I don't know. Those guys are on it right now. So, um, yep. tickle with the pole position, JT. Brock Tickle with the pole position. Yeah, it was good. And and then he jumped out, uh jumped out and he get the main event he got a good start. Yeah. And was uh kinda like, Oh, here's a shot. Here's a shot. And I don't know what it is with Brock, but he just does not ride well from the front. He just doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean he, he he did it you know, the one round there in Toronto. But I don't know, he just doesn't seem to work well from the front he has to he needs to you know if it, i think if he would have started like seven and maybe he was feeling it he'd be better off almost which is weird yeah uh but he just kind of didn't have it he he you know those guys worked through him and uh he worked backwards but he, it was impressive yeah. in practice, well especially you know uh the third practice in the 250s were all the first top eight were way faster than the time in the second practice but mm-hmm. for some reason tickle's second practice time held up so that was weird but he yeah, was, it was he, really close, though. Yeah, super close. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But you know, good job for Brock. That was awesome. Hometown, no, hometown I mean, kind of, I mean, sort of. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a whole different deal. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little I, confused on that thing. It's like Anderson's hometown. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I understand he moved there because his wife's from there. But I mean, he, I saw an Instagram posts by his helmet painter saying Michigan native and all these things, and I'm like, uh, no. No, that's that's not true. Not true. <laughs> Michigan native, really? Yeah. Um, I never let the facts get in the way of a good story. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Um, Cole Seeley fell in the first turn. Chad Reed fell in the first turn. Then Chad's front brake failed. I hope, and he went straight in a current hit hay bales or tough blocks. Rough, rough races for Chad. I don't want to see this. Yeah, he's. He's pretty beat up right now, too. Man. Yeah, dude. His back was jacked up in that first yeah, turn. Yeah, so. it's really bad. I saw he sent me a picture today. It's not, not good. No. No, not at all. I mean, it's not, it's not like injured, but it's just he's, yep. he's missing some skin. Um, Grant rode well. Um, Seeley rode well coming from the back to 10th. But all you can do, though, with, with that. Um, did you like the track, JT? Uh, I would say no. I don't think anything was wrong with it, but mm-hmm. the dirt, man, the, the dirt is such an integral part and it, it can really I don't want to say ruin a race but it, it's just so key if you don't if you don't have any traction it just limits everything and changes the way the lines shape up and I don't know I, I think that dirt you know when, when you start out with dirt that slippery it just kind of makes it makes it almost impossible to have a great racetrack mm-hmm. um we Cooper Webb came back but he was kind of invisible like I okay look look he missed a month so Whatever, but man, I thought he'd be a little bit better. I guess it's harder to get jump right in. 
Yeah, he definitely didn't see any, you know, moments of brilliance or anything like that. He was just kind of like, okay, like nothing in practice or the heat or qualifying or the main just kind of yeah. rode, but whatever. At least he, at least he got back out there. Uh, I think he really only had like one real full week where he was just doing everything uh, like normal. Mm-hmm. I think he started riding like a week and a half ago, and that was just kind of getting back into it. But I think when you go back to Tickle, there's such a pack of dudes that are pretty close. That one podium for Tickle, I've heard so many dudes now say, well, you look at Tickle, man. Like, I battle him every week, and then he gets a podium, so I could be on the podium. Webb's going to get better as he gets healthier. But mm-hmm. in general, every one of these guys is one set of circumstances away from a great night because they're all so darn close. Um, and I think the Tickle thing is like, it's almost like uh, when you used to say Pike got off Privateer Island and it gave all these other guys belief. Yeah. Um, I just feel like there's such a group of whatever, maybe six through 14. Yep. Who are like, hmm, Tickle do that. I can do that. Yeah. You're telling me Barsha and Webb and Brayton aren't looking at that and being like, huh, Tickle? Yeah, I got Tickle covered. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so that means I should be on the podium next uh-huh. week. Um, right. Man, JT, Canard, Fly Racing's own Canard. He's been, I mean, he's been injured, you know, but. Again, talking about like the lack of brilliance, and he's got a background of brilliance. So you're kind of waiting for. It. I have a ton of respect for for Trey, and I know we can ride a motorcycle, but he's a he has not done as well as I thought he would do. And I I know he's been hurt, so maybe that's a little harsh. But I mean, he's a great rider. He's got these results. He's always been able to jump back in JT and show us show us something. He's been on the board a little bit, but I keep waiting. I'm like, okay. When's the 41? When are we seeing the 41? Yeah, I mean, he's, his practice times are not bad. He's bouncing in and out of there, but he's just not bringing it to the racing part. And, you know, I don't know what's going on with it. Um, you know, I, I think all the time away couldn't have helped. Yeah. Uh, he didn't, you know, it's, he, he hasn't even had a full season this season of, of racing to really build from. So, I mean, he's, you know, missed several races there in the middle. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's just, I don't know if it's something where he's subconsciously not pushing like he used to Mm -hmm. to try to have some consistency and uh, keep himself healthy. But it's definitely not the Trey Kennard in the races that we've seen in previous years. So, yeah. We'll see as the season plays out. I I, I just keep, keep waiting for the balls out, Trey Kennard. Balls out. I just and I just don't know. I, we've seen it in time qualifying. I have seen it. I've witnessed it. I've seen it both in person mm-hmm. and on the lap time chart to know that that's what he's giving. But I don't know. I I have my own theory that this is going to be it for Trey, and I have no idea. I haven't talked to him personally about it, nor have I asked anybody who has. But just what I see from him, um, I, I would be I would not be surprised at all if this was uh, this was his swan song season. Right. Yeah, he's gonna ride it out and try to be safe and everything else. Yeah, um, and it's just it's you can just see it. It's a subconscious way that guys ride when they know that they don't want to do it anymore or are gonna pack it in. They don't, you know, it's not do or die anymore. Yeah. It's probably a bit dra- dramatic to way to way to say it, but um, yeah, just he's just missing that extra two percent. Yeah, um, I don't even see him that much, huh, Weech, at the races, like. I don't go by the KTM truck a lot, but I go by there and talk to some guys, Carlos and Frankie, and I just don't even see him, like, hanging out. I don't see him on track walk. Does he walk the track? 
<laughs> I'm sure he does. I'm yeah, I know what you mean. I, I did yeah. see him, and I was there on press day on Friday, and he was there. So, I mean, I've seen him around, but I kind of know what you mean. He's been like on a low profile. Yeah. But one qualifier I'll give this year, you remember when he came back, maybe by the by like Atlanta, by like a say third race back, we were starting to see like hints of friskiness, and then he went out again. So yeah. I think that's really what did him in. I think he was on the verge of getting something going after missing those first couple of races. But it's like now he set himself back to where he was six weeks ago again, and now he's running out of time. Yeah. Uh, but I've got to think that with the hits he's already taken, you had two more injuries to the pile this year, the shoulder and whatever it was that cost him these last two weeks. Uh, that, can't, that can't make your decision to just keep on doing this over and over any easier. By the way, can I can I vent about the press conferences again, please? Um, where's everybody? Like as we get as these races are rounding, round, winding down, like I would have liked to f- talk to Cooper Webb, found out how it was. He's a multi-millionaire, next star of the sport. Yamaha can't bring him. We can't talk to him. No, just no way. Like Josh Grant, one of his great rides, he can't show up. Dean Wilson, no. Seeley comes from last to tenth. Can't. Can't come to the press conference? <sighs> yeah, I think we – the thing's come a long way and it's gotten pretty good, but I think we need to do one more round, I think, from our side to tell the teams and the Feld folks what we're looking for. Because I have a theory I, or a feeling, I think, that they think – like, so Steely got 10th, right? Yeah. And he's probably not stoked, even though he did come from last to 10th. But in the end, it's 10th. He's not pumped on 10th. I think a lot of the guys and teams probably in general think – well, who the hell really wants to talk to me about 10th anyway? But what they don't realize is we actually do. Like, we do a show like we're doing right now where we talk about every single dude. And I'll take anything. Yeah, like Cooper Webb coming back. Like, what have you done the last four weeks to recover? Yeah. That's the story. Like, so I think we actually need to do our part to say, no, you don't understand. Even if you have a bad night, it's interesting to us. We don't not care about you because you had one bad race. It's funny that you say uh, that. because I, yeah, it's strange. It's funny yeah. you say that. I thought the same thing. I'm like, do we need to, like – Send another email and be like, "What's going on here, guys? Like a little, little more, you know, a little more help here, please. Thank you. I don't know, but then, yeah, I you think know, there's a little bit of that general perception of. And let's be honest, I'm sure some of these dudes, when they struggle, they don't want to talk. Yeah, well, they're probably pissed off. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't expect Chad Reed to show up. You know what I mean? For sure. No, no. Uh, and Trey probably doesn't want to either at the moment. Barsha, like, I'm sure those guys aren't leaving the race stoked and wanting to talk about it, but. I think one solution that I'm going to suggest to them is why don't you pick a team, at least one team every weekend extra, and just say, regardless of where you finish, we want your two guys to come. So if one week it's Cowie, that means Grant's coming and Tomac's coming no matter what. Or one week if it's Rockstar Husky, Wilson and Anderson are coming no matter what. That would just guarantee you're getting a couple extra dudes. But not every single team can have all the podium spots. So it would help, at least. I mean, Wilson, has he been – I think he came to one press conference, maybe, all year. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know. I think so. Yeah, maybe two. I think maybe the first week he was on Husky, and then that week he got the the, the fifth in Dallas. Dallas, maybe. yeah. Yeah, but who, Dean Wilson. Everybody loves Dean Wilson. We yeah. talked to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. JT, can we get a comment on the uh, Vince Freeze Michael Lessie collision? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I didn't really see much fault from either guy. I was just glad to see them both right away from it. Gnarly though, right? Like, whew. it was. Yeah, it's scary <laughs> for sure. And I didn't really see anybody do anything wrong. It was just, uh, I mean, guys run into each other in the races. It yeah. was 
definitely scary, and I'm glad both of them are right. Right. Um, Weege, anything from you on that end? Uh, yeah, I think JT's right on that particular incident. Uh, that there was nothing, but uh, I, I did hear some pretty good stories over the weekend uh, regarding that team. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. And anything else? Yeah, nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with no, that. No, but yeah. anything that yeah. you're going to elaborate on or no? There, I think there's another rider on that team that isn't necessarily pumped on <laughs> some of the riding tactics now. I know you have to judge it all in a vacuum, isolated case. Mm-hmm. Maybe the other rider on that team goes to parties in Temecula or wherever. And either Temecula or Marietta. Temecula or Marietta. We're fine with either one. Right. Yeah. Maybe the problem is the other rider on that team goes to those parties and freeze the unless they do not. Uh-huh. But uh, for whatever reason, there have been some incidents um, throughout the season on the track. They're isolated in a vacuum incidents. Uh, but it's, you it's, know what is funny, though? Uh, throughout several things that have happened this year, um, you know, the McAdoo move, going over to Geico, and mm-hmm. talking to the Geico team about Tony. What I have heard, and Mathis, you probably heard this too, I've heard many people singing the praises of Tony Alessi's job as a t- the job he's doing as a team manager. Like, I think Tony has found his calling. Chiz <laughs> is, yeah. Chiz is nothing but good things, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. It's Brayton, nothing but yep. good things. Yep. Uh, I don't hear anything from the Honda guys, like dealing with them, you know, because mm-hmm. they're kind of a somewhat of a satellite team. Yep. It's almost like for years, everyone, I mean, decades now, people have said, if only Mike could get away from Tony. But it's almost like when Tony can just run a team and it's no longer his son on the team, it will also be better for Tony also. is what it Maybe. Seems. I can almost see five years from now being like, hey, now that Tony and Mike aren't dealing with each other anymore. Well, I think okay. maybe, I, I mean, I don't want to be mean, but maybe Tony has given up on the dream. The 800 is not going to, you know, fulfill the hype. Solid rider, great career, made a lot of money. And maybe Tony's been like, okay, we're not, we're not doing it. It's, it's old Mike's 28 now or whatever. So, yeah. Um, JT, yeah, maybe it's him. JT yeah. would you like to comment on the maybe tensions going on over there? Uh, I mean, I've definitely had conversations with a uh, unnamed associate writer <laughs> where he was unhappy with uh, a writer that I've had many a run-in with. So I don't know the particulars of what you guys are talking about, but I've uh, I've had my own conversations, and uh, let's just share we've let's just say we've shared some mutual feelings. Do you think said writer? Do you think said writer should party more in Marietta or Temecula? Uh, I would say that's one of the dumbest theories you've ever had so i'm just gonna leave it there <laughs> it's funny though it has gotten out of hand like i got it i got it oh it's awesome it's i got funny. A, i just i got a tweet about marv or something or some some guy that's guys like he should party more and i was like yeah i like it i like it so um, it, it can apply to anybody in any situation really that's a nice thing you can just drop that in there all right let's Do you think that anybody anybody in 90s motocross could ever have been a guilty of this because i would say no <laughs> no no absolutely no for sure um all right anything barsha rode well again fell in the first turn he had to go to the lcq uh he rode well um that gear was not well though i don't know what's going back a star is back to being nuts um but uh yeah he rode well i feel like tomac stuff is well with it well under control is it that is weird? yeah 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 it is why is that i don't know i don't know i was in the cowie truck 
uh, and we were all talking about flights. I've been flying with the Cali guys a lot. Of course, my Orange Brigade shoes were brought up and everything else, and and we were talking about airlines and status, and I've been upgraded a lot lately, and Eli and his mom and dad have been heading to the back, you know, and uh, probably makes them not happy. But the Cali guys have been upgraded. They're not giving Eli the seat either. So, anyways, I was asking Eli, like, how are you not – top status or buying first class tickets. And How are you like, not buying first class no. would be the appropriate question. He goes, he says, no way, man. I got to buy three tickets. You know, girlfriend. Okay, we'll buy one first class or two. Yeah. He, no, not only that, JT, he doesn't fly United all the time because the prices, he says, are crazy. And I'm like, yeah, you're like super rich. And he laughed. And I'm like, I pay for all my tickets. I'm, you know, I'm not super rich. But I, I stick to the United Airlines, even if it's $800 or $900 to New York, because loyalty pays off for these things. And he's just like, no way. No way. I'm like, okay. So The only time loyalty doesn't pay off is if you buy first-class tickets all the time, and you don't care. Yeah. Because you're buying first-class anyway. Yeah, he doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he might say that I'm just a, a, a huge Eli Stomach fan. Oh, that's a good he's point. A really bike rider, but huge fan. Now. Bike rider, Go Eli. I feel like I, Eli. Could, I could teach him. I could teach him a few things about airlines. I, I feel. Yeah, I, I was surprised, man. I'm just like, how are you not? You know, yeah, we had a funny conversation. Dean, and, Dean Wilson, same guy. Your stupid loyalty programs. Who cares? Wilson doesn't. Dean well, Wilson, I, nope. Whatever airlines the cheapest, and he sits middle seats in the back all the time. Whatever's cheapest. Wow. Let me just add, I'm a huge Dean Wilson fan, then, too. <laughs> Love Dean. <laughs> team Eli, team Dean. All right, before we get to the commercial break here, um, uh, let's – Wygant, what are you talking about your cheapness again? Like, you're, you're such an idiot. Like, JT, he's, he's on the road for Racer X, okay? He's already one of the cheapest human beings alive, right? We all know that. He, Racer yep. X has no worries – about Jason Wygant running up the expense bill. There's zero chance of that ever happening. Uh, and Weed, you've worked there for, I don't even know, 10 years, something like that. Um, as, Davey just told, as Davey just told me, you wrote him a letter, and that's how you got on. That's how you – but anyways. So, uh, going on your 17. Okay, now, yeah. 17 years. Yeah. JT, in yeah. those 17 years, how much money do you think Wygant has saved Racer X over a normal human being? Well, I would rather say how much he has spent, and it's about 40 bucks. Right. So – there's a there's a booth guy that works for Racer X. He sells subscriptions at every Supercross race, um, and then uh, there's another guy from Racer X. It's Chase Stallo or Aaron Hansel or Weege or whatever. This weekend it was Weege, so that's two people. I'm there for Racer X. That's that's three people technically there for Racer X to cover things. Chase Stallo though said, "Hey, I'm going to come. I'm going to drive up too. I'm going to extra hand the race is always great. Uh, Chase does a great job, so it's it's good to have him up. But JT, there was a problem. Three guys for Racer X, one hotel room with two beds. So uh, you just have to get another room, right, JT? That's what you have to do. You just go and get another $100 room for the third person. That's what you do, and you bill it to the company. I've got a way in here, though. So um, this season, typically in the past, uh, with me helping the now Rocky Mountain KTM team, I have stayed with Forrest. Forrest and I share rooms. Well, with the return, the glorious return of Michael Byrne, that is cha- that dynamic has changed. So now we have three people. So it's very similar to the situation that Weege found himself in. But you know what Ooh. I do? What do you do? Extra blankets, and I'm on the floor. 
Oh, let me just say, I've become a huge Jason Thomas fan as well. <laughs> you guys are such morons. Why would you travel and not, you know, at least try to be comfortable and sleeping on a floor? You're, you know, that we, I, you know, we all slept on floors a hundred times when we were twenty years old and all, all through our our traveling career. Well, JT, we said no go on the floor. No go on the extra room either. Even though I can guarantee you, Davy Coombs would happily cover this. We could actually call Davy right now and be like, "Davy, would you have authorized Wygant an extra hundred dollars?" What do you think we DC would have said, JT? Uh, yeah, he would have said, "Of course," and please uh, have a couple drinks and add those to the room as well. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he uh, said, "I just spent a hundred dollars in the last five minutes." What are you? What, right. What's the controversy? Here? Right. Yeah. JT, DC would be like, "I just took twenty people I've only met for five minutes to dinner, and I bought it all for Razor <laughs> That's Davy. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. and honestly, there's a bowling alley at real... Southwick, and I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your entire hotel budget. Tomorrow afternoon, right? I happen to be up there hanging out, right? So, (laughs) my my real opinion on this is that the first night in sleeping on the floor, I do it, so I can't, I can't come down on it too hard. But I'm also on my own dime with that. I don't, I'm not on a company expense, so it's a little bit of a difference there. True, you profit from sleeping on the floor. Yeah, exactly. And then, but the other side of this, which you haven't gotten to, I'm out. I'm out but okay. On second on but, option B. So, well, JT for for WPS and Fly Racing, you get another room. That's what you do. Oh yes, I would absolutely. Yes, yes. okay. And I would be expected to. That's not yeah, yeah. acceptable. Craig Shoemaker behavior. not calling you in and dressing you down for. Uh, he would probably be pumped. He would high five me if I chose to sleep on the floor. <laughs> right, but but, but <laughs> yeah, everybody else in the company would be like, no, that's that's not how we treat. Okay, besides Craig. Okay, all right, besides Craig. Um, so Weech, explain what you did, where you stayed this weekend. Yeah. Instead of spending so, the yeah, money. we knew yeah. that um, I was probably gonna have to get a second room on Friday night. That was the plan going in, uh, and I was really not comfortable with that. Uh, having to get <laughs> Clearly, rooms nor, over. nor were you nor were you comfortable on the floor. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. I was. I would have been more comfortable sleeping on the floor than I'd have been comfortable with, you know, getting two hotel rooms on a Friday night when we generally only have one. Uh, anyway, I had uh, another cheap uh, situation I had already planned out. Whereas uh, several years ago, I got random email from a fan, and I noticed that his email address was uh, from. FCA, which is Fiat Chrysler, which is the parent company of Jeep. So I was like, oh, I, wonder what, I wonder if this guy's got some inside discounts I could use if I start buttering this dude up. So we become like email buddies where he can exchange top secret information from his industry and I can exchange top secret information of mine. The Jeep, the Jeep, had, the Jeep industry. The yeah. Jeep industry. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. What's the new uh, FJ like? What is the new FJ oh. like? Please tell me. I gotta know. I gotta know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. tell me. I mean, there are many people listening to this show that would trade many things to get the inside secrets of the Supercross world that we know that we can't necessarily put in print. Right. Um, but that's the way I treat information on upcoming product, which uh, is a fireable offense. JT. So anyway. JT, wait, okay. wait. JT, how many times do you think he's asked them if, if orange is going to carry continue to be a color? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I would say there's been petitions and uh, there's a whole movement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wonder sometimes, yeah, don't ask, maybe tell, and then I can, like, make things happen. So we had long arranged that Detroit would become the secret meetup, the secret hangout, without any bosses around. No one would wear a wire, and inside stories from both sides could be told. So on Friday afternoon, I'm heading to the stadium, 
And he's like, hey, dude, are we still going to hang out Friday night? What's your schedule? And I'm like, oh, i got to come over for press day. He's like, where are you staying? And I'm like, actually, I don't even know yet because we got three dudes in a room. He's like, three dudes in a room? That's ridiculous. i got a guest room. You can just stay with me. You can and just stay back. with me. Yeah. We had never met at that point. And I said, that sounds about perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so... You just stayed with a guy that you've never met at his house somewhere in the suburbs of Detroit. Yeah, it was like 45 minutes from from Detroit also because, as most people know about the area, no one actually lives in Detroit. Um, Well, a few people do, but even I would not stoop to that level. So when I heard it was suburbs, I thought that was good. So, yes, complete stranger I'd never met besides a handful of emails, maybe half a dozen over a year or two. And uh, boom, bingo, bango, didn't have to sleep on the floor, cost me zero dollars. You were very lucky that he's not wearing your, you're very lucky he's not wearing your skin right now. Like, I like the people that listen to the shows and I get a ton of tweets and emails. I'm not staying with a stranger at a race. I'm just not. JT, are you ever doing this? Uh, I don't know. I can't come down too hard because I know like in the early years of my professional career, my dad and I would pretty much stay anywhere that was offered to us so but these would be friends that you would know previously kind of kind of um <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i yeah i was i think with with the situation where we each has a company card and we just not um you know he's not broke i think uh it was a bit ridiculous but i think that's that's also the beauty of jason wagon i think it's par for the course and, and what happened and where was this tweet about you Drinking weed. Oh, put- on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, by the way, I just want to, to rap, put a wrap on the Friday night. You forget, this is not just me standing in a hotel. This is me officially stamping us as friends, and thus for now I can officially, I believe, qualify for the friends and family discount the next time I have to buy a new vehicle. So <laughs> this is a double win, okay? It's a double. Are you friends with the guy? Yeah, stay at his house. Of course I'm friends. Uh, was, his name, was his name Cheddar Bob? Uh, so, oh yeah, so Saturday afternoon, uh, Mathis, you and I, and Chase went to lunch real quick at the dueling Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Places, whatever that situation is. Yeah. There's two identical named hot dog joints next door to each other, sharing a wall. And then we got coffee, and then we walked back. We were actually in the middle of, I think, a gay modeling um, video shoot in this coffee shop. <laughs> Something was up with uh, that. That was strange. <laughs> yes. Three of the most immaculately dressed, groomed, and m- might I add, besides like Sebastian Tortelli, some of the best-looking men I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Coming out of the coffee shop. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, how you doing? And we're just <laughs> taken, <laughs> taken by complete surprise. And then they're just followed by cameras. They're just walking around followed by cameras. So then we walk back to the stadium, and I can't get in the pits with my coffee, which was five bucks. So... You can't. Um, you can't. They won't let you bring in outside beverages. I, so I was walking. I've spent five dollars with coffee. I'm not dumping it. What's that? I was walking everywhere with, with coffee. Yeah. What the hell? Team coffee and everything. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I couldn't get in the pits with it. I think I could have walked into the stadium for whatever reason, like you did. You went to the stadium. I went to the pits. They wouldn't let me in. I was not going to throw my five dollar coffee away. So I'm like, okay, I got to chug this thing. So I'm just standing there, kind of in point blank range, just standing on the sidewalk by myself. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there's like 100 people screaming Weege. And it's these people tailgating in the parking garage across the street from the stadium. And I'm like, well, I got a few minutes to kill while I nurse this coffee. I can't get in the pits and do my job. The man of the people. Go and see what's going on. 
Oh. So I ended up drinking much more than just coffee. Uh, it was good times. It was really fun. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You're unbelievable. You're unbelievable. Unbelievable. Friends and family discount. Now, I don't buy new vehicles very often, as you would imagine, so it's going to be many years I need to continue to nurture this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe many more stays at the house, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> I don't know what part of that story is more unbelievable. All right. Um, flyracing.com, please listen to this commercial. Uh, save money with uh, uh, Racetech and uh, listen to about the new Michelin and Starcross 5 tire as well. Pulpamex 17 at the Racetech and flyracing.com. Listen to this commercial. We'll be right back to talk about the uh, 250 race that happened in Detroit. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Racetech. The folks at Racetech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulpmex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp and Mech Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet? You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back. 
FlyRacing.com. Please, thanks. Uh, check them out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Steve Mathis, Jason Thomas, and Jason Wygant on the line. 250 class from Detroit. Uh, first up, poor troll. Poor troll. JT, what about that move? Yeah, I don't... Uh... I don't. Oh, uh... I know. I know that that troll got in his way, and that's what angered Christian, and that's what caused the retaliation and all that. But man, Christian didn't mean was... to do that. That's for no, sure. No, he no. didn't. He he went he went in there with intentions to make contact. There's no doubt about that. But he didn't expect that explosion out of the berm like that. So I felt bad for Alex first of all. And a little part of me felt bad for Christian because it was like, yeah, I'm going to go in here and make a point. But holy cow, he didn't think we were going to make that much of a point. Wow. And he certainly didn't try to hurt him. Wow. This whole 250 class. These guys need anger management, Weege. Everybody's mad at each other. It's insane. And even poor Alex Martin got dragged into this. And I always was, I was talking about the Craig Martin thing. Um, and Christian's a nice guy. There's no way he meant to do that. And, and so, you know, Alex Martin committed the sin of getting in the way on a fast lap. Oh, God. Like, I just, you know, I mean, and also, too, like, oh, Alex Martin, known to start everything. Like, always at the center of the hurricane. Always everybody talking about Alex Martin. Like, like calm down, everyone. All of you. Everybody. Savachi followed Osborne around, wouldn't pass him. AC Osborne last week. Craig Martin this week. What the hell is going on? Yeah, it's especially weird that this is happening in practice. And we got another element here where uh, I feel like John Gallagher there at the FIM, because he's penalized a few riders already, or has done warnings and probations and all this stuff, that now, like the NBA, where the players hit the floor and then immediately look at the ref and, like, ask for a call, like, yeah. they just, they're almost like, I want the referee to be part of this game. I want to get the referee to do something. I feel like now there's another element, because when this stuff happens, now they also have the, hmm, how are we going to get the referee to give a decision to penalize someone to help us out? Which, I don't even know, like, who was even doing that 20 years ago? Was there even a person at the races that, like, was Duke Finch ever? No, the Duke, the Duke did everything, no, the Duke did everything he could to not do anything. Like, yes. So we have this third element, you have Teams and riders hating each other, and then in addition, this middleman who is always going to lose. Whatever penalty he does is going to be fair to one side and grossly horrible to the other side. So there's <laughs> that too. Uh, so it is getting out of hand. Um, I mean, the pro circuit guys are really mad about that pass Osborne made on Cervacci. Cervacci's got a broken toe, and I just I watched that pass, and I'm like, that's fine, that's great, but they're really mad about it. Yeah, and in addition, uh, what I heard from Mitch, <clears throat> talking to Mitch uh, Saturday afternoon, he's like, there was nothing different about what Christian did to Amart than to what Osborne did to um, Adam last week. The only difference is, you know, again, Christian didn't intend for it to end that badly. It's just Alex got on the gas at the wrong time. And everyone kind of, I think, agrees to that, that Christian wasn't looking to finish him. It just worked out terribly. So in Per Circuit's mind, then they're like, then there's really no difference. He had a little bit of intent to give a little bit of a move, just like Osborne did last week. So why did Craig get last skate pick this week, but Osborne didn't get last skate pick last week? Where's yeah. the consistency, ref? Where's the consistency? And I'm like, this is where we're at now. This is where we're at. We have this third element of the referee 
and who gets the calls? Um, you know, I was talking to a team that told me part of the problem in this practice is, and JT, you know this, like these guys are all trying to lay out a fast lap time and everything else. And, you know, Adam Cincerillo told me after the race, like it's like a, it's like a start of the practice. And one of the teams told me like the AMA guy kind of encourages it because everybody's got their clutch in everything. Everything's everybody's ready. And they're eyeing this guy. And the guy himself is like, playing up to this like when will i send you when will i send you and and, and 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 like everybody's trying to go and you can see them go sometimes and pull back you know and and then the ama guy i guess he just loves this he just starts going oh god i i can control everything here i'm the gatekeeper to practice and he's all he's he's freaking out and he's twitching the flag and like a team is like the ama guy just needs to go you go Wait five seconds. You go. But I guess, and again, the riders are to blame for the action, but this one team was telling me, like, the referee's just like, this is his. This is his golden moment, you know? So, I mean, JT, you've literally done this thousands of times. Do you know what they're saying? Yeah, but I, yeah, but I think they're, they're taking some liberties on – they don't know what the AMA guy's going through his head. I mean, it seems a bit of uh, them projecting – what he feels. They don't, they don't know that. But I mean, he could be like, I just want to get the hell out of the way and hope they don't run me over. They don't know. <laughs> okay, so maybe they're not playing the game. But You know what? I, I think that the riders, if they need to be, if they want to get out front and try to race each other at the beginning, that's on them. They're, they're professional dirt bike racers. If they can't handle the fact that they the guy can't. says, okay. <laughs> they can't. Well, then, then that's on them. That's on them. I, I don't think that there should be anything done to get in the way of what these guys want to do. Like if you're not smart enough to be like, Hey, I got to stay out of this rat race for nothing. Depending on time practice, then that's, that's on you. That's completely up to the guys to make their own decisions. I, I would completely disagree that they need to do something about it. Oh, JT with a contrarian opinion here. Well, you don't see Dunge and Tomac and these guys taking each other out. No, because I know. Practice, I, I you know. know. Like, guys grow up. Well, that's watch, what watch what the good guys do, and that's what you should try to emulate. Yeah. I, I just think that's a, a really lost art is uh, these guys that are getting into trouble in the chippy class. Hey, watch what you know, bro, like Zacho or whoever. Watch what Tomac and Dungey are doing. They're not worried about taking each other out on the first lap of practice. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just get out there. You have twelve minutes or whatever to get a good time in. You got lots of time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not Mathis with the uh, contrarian. I know, Mathis, you would love to. If someone says something you disagree with, you will immediately let them know that you disagree with them. Um, I, I see myself more as a data collector. So I just listen to what people say and say, okay, I, I, okay, I heard you. I don't really argue back. Um, even this weekend, I was in the Husky truck at one point and in the Pro Circuit truck at one point hearing you know, two different sides of the same story, and I didn't really have an opinion either way. But I did say that when I was in the Pro Circuit truck and they were talking about all these things. I did say, I'm like, you know what, though? I don't care how close the points get. I guarantee you, you're not going to get any of this stuff with Tomac and Dunch. You're just not going to get it. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way in general in the 450 class. Now, there's been Stu Reed. You know, there's certain things where just wounds just explode open or something you can do, and guys are going to get mad. But for the most part, it's proven that you can race this thing no matter how much pressure is on the line without this stuff happening when the riders are a little more mature. just It happens yeah. every year in the 250s and almost no years in the uh, 450s. Yeah. Right. Well, Anderson and Wilson were saying that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was great. 
they they were joking, and they just said, "Yeah, that was like our year," which they meant like 2014, like one of the years that like we were the guys that would be battling for race wins, and how they were on each other, right? And for stupid crap, it's just like whatever year you're one of the guys, there's going to be some issues. I thought I thought Craig's penalty was a little harsh. JT, what'd you think? Um. Yeah, and I think it's. I think it was a accumulation of the Zacco and and, and uh, Adam. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. So it it may have been a little bit reflective of, uh, hey, I'm done with all this as far as John Gallagher or whoever was involved. You know, I'm sure there are a few voices that make this decision, but I think it was just, hey, okay, we're coming down hard, but we're done with all this, all this drama, taking each other out in practice, and all this crap. We're over it. So let this be a warning that's gonna it's gonna come a little heavy handed, but we're done. I don't know. And I, yeah. Ah, uh, I don't know why these guys like practice starts, do a slow lap, get out there, do five laps as hard as you can, or whatever, four laps, whatever it is, and wherever you stand is where you stand. And sure, try to better it, try to get a better lap, and everything else. But these guys leave themselves such a small window near the end to get their time, which happens a lot. It gets at the end of practice, you know, these guys. It's a giant uh, a dick measuring contest. and But then they get so mad when someone gets in their way. Like, Alex Martin didn't do it on purpose, of course. We all know that. Alex Martin's like, oh, here comes Christian Craig. Let me. But these guys leave themselves no window to get a time, well, you know? And the, cra- the crazy thing is that, you know, the, the um, Osborne and Cincerillo thing was the first lap. You know, this this Craig and, and Martin thing wasn't, but a lot of these incidents have been in the beginning when everybody's just what you were talking about with the official. They're all trying to take off first. When was the last time you saw a fast lap come in within the first two laps? Never. Yeah. Never. That never happens. It's always the last few laps when these guys are just one-upping each other. So it's like, what are you guys even doing? Why? <laughs> Why does it even matter? Oh, I know. It's nuts. Tensions are high. Tensions are. are high. Uh, this this is uh, what is the Lebowski line? This aggression will not this stand. Aggression will not stand. Yeah, <laughs> this aggression will not stand, man. Um, all right. Hey, one other thing that oh. you and I talked about in the press conference, Mathis, was there's another problem that's been built now with John Gallagher or, or, or the multiple people who come up with these penalties. Of we have now seen what thirteen different types of penalties. Yeah. So yeah. there's. <laughs> People never like referees in general, but the one thing they say is we just want consistency. But when we've seen black flag, suspension, probation, positions taken away, now it's last gate picking the main yeah. uh, warnings. Uh, I mean, tickle. I, I don't even know what. Yeah. It's impossible to be consistent now. Yep. Tickle hits Barsha, and we've been told that when you hit a guy, you're out. Tickle hits Barsha and yeah. just still keeps racing. And that, you know, Barsha kind of deserved it, but wait a minute, we don't we're not going on that. We're going on contact with another rider. Oh no, we're not going on that. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, Jordan yeah. Smith. Nice work from winning the LCQ. He refused to lose the DC shoes, refused to lose, which is gone, by the way. Poor Jordan. Uh, first time oh, since guy. 2003. I didn't realize this, but Tedesco won the LCQ, the 91 Pontiac, the last 125cc Supercross win. Um, so that's the last time a guy won the LCQ in 250 class and then won the main event. So, And Jordan also caused a huge crash. He, my bad, Jordan probably thought as he was coming in. Sorry, bros. <laughs> nah, that wasn't his fault. 
Well, I, I, I just wa- I just watched it again. He it came was, across. He hit a guy, but whatever. Well, he's I mean he's coming across, but he didn't do anything that he should. No, have done. no, no, I mean, no. Them, no, I just yeah. said he caused it. He did, and yeah, whatever that happens. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I would even. I would. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't go. think he. It was no. I, I really. I'm. Be, I'm not trying to be contrarian or argue. I just. I don't agree that he caused it. I think. Uh, you know, those guys high sided over him, but he's he was ahead of him. You know, what's he supposed to do? Yeah, he was coming in hot. He got the start. He got a great jump. Yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with it. Well, I just don't think he caused it. That's all. I, I don't think he was at fault in any way. That's my personal opinion. That's that's it. Okay. Um, great ride though. Great race, Weech. Oh, dude, that's. That's about as good as it gets. It was so good, in fact, that Jordan Smith himself had forgotten. He got passed twice by Savachi. Remember, he yeah. kind of made it ill-advised. He tried to pass Ferrandez in a spot where he couldn't pass. He screwed up the rhythm. Savachi he, got him. He, he Savachi back. He went, uh, you, know when people, it, yeah. you know when people keep a, a pet tiger and they go, oh, the tiger went tiger and killed the owner, right? Um, <laughs> Jordan Smith went Ferrandez on Ferrandez. Like, there was no room. What are you doing? He went for Andis, though, yeah. on for Andis. Like, yeah. yeah. But there was so much going on in the main. I, I talked to Jordan after the press conference for more info, and I told him about that. And he's like, you know what? I actually forgot about that one. I remember, you know, the last lap happened to send off Joey, and he passed me, and I passed him back. But I forgot, yeah, like six laps earlier, it also happened. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, So you know a main event's exciting when even the guy who wins forgets yeah. key passes. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. And, then also knowing that the title drama's on the line with Osborne in the back and Savachi trying to get all 25 and Jordan Smith trying to win his first race, Ferrandez trying to win his first race, um, it yeah. was pretty awesome. Joey and Adam crashed and got second, third. When's the last time that happens, right? Um, man, good race, JT. What, uh, what do you make of it? What do you make of the battle up front? It was incredible. I mean, I wish every race was like that. But, man, these guys just they got to calm down. I mean, calm down between Ferrandez trying to kill everybody and you know Adam was just like all right I'm I'm over this guy no like, yeah let's, Adam let's Adam let's said in the press conference I knew that Joey was going to get us I didn't even care <laughs> yeah I mean it's just to a point where you literally you don't care anymore like you just push somebody and Ferrandez wasn't way over the line no. it's just you know it's just the way he races and I think everybody's just getting a little tired of it uh, but yeah, it was, uh, there was a lot of back and forth. Jordan was, you know, almost high sided over brand is trying to get around him. And, uh, I mean, for me with really no vested interest, it was incredibly entertaining. The only thing missing was kind of Osborne to, you know, make it to ramp it up even further. Obviously he, uh, he had a horrific night and, and ruined, well, I don't say ruined, but really took a step back in his championship chances here. Um, but man, what a, what an incredibly entertaining race to watch. I immediately thought of The Rock standing in the tower and Geico's season and the way it's been going. And then there's a guy that had a contract with Geico. He's on a new team. Mm -hmm. He's kind of pulling it off. He's smoothing out a little bit. Wins his first race. Christian Craig got last gate pick even though he won the heat. And I thought of The Rock's thoughts at that moment. (laughs) Like This is just just another kick in the nuts for the Geico team. You know, um, yeah, and then they had Jordan, you know, and he they weren't happy, Jordan wasn't happy, and everybody mutually agreed to like let him go. And now he's winning the supercross race, and Christian Craig's last gate pick. <laughs> so rough, rough, yeah. And by the way, Jordan Smith is right in this, but there, 
what are there, 10 points between four guys? Yeah, yeah. Um, what it is? No, 11 points between four guys. 11 points. And yep. Jordan Smith is second and nine points down. Like, he is very much yep. in this. Especially when, you know how it works a lot of times, you get that first win, you know, that's the biggest obstacle of all. So it's not impossible that he gets another and look out. Um. Yeah, and poor Osborne, yeah, broken spokes or something in the front wheel, so... Um, yeah, man, that's, yeah, that's terrible. I was actually surprised he's as close as he is. I thought, I'm like, oh, he's done now in points, yeah. but he's he can still do it. Oh yeah, for sure. What's up, JT? They they really, really might want to take a look at uh, finding someone to put a front wheel on quicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of did take a while, huh? It took a very long time. I, I I watched this and then I re replayed it and watched it again. And I don't know what was wrong. There could have been multiple parts broken, and they were trying to fix lots of things. I don't know. But it just seemed like an incredibly long time to do a wheel change. Uh, yeah, bummer. Um, all right, what else? Uh, Ferrandis doesn't even get on the podium. How about that? How about nine laps led and doesn't get on the podium? Jeez. Yeah, that was goal. awesome. That was awesome? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just over this <laughs> method of racing out there. Um, wow. Yeah, well, JT coming in hot take right there, folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm good with it. Um, yeah, it was. It was uh, and Savachi again wasn't that happy about the race. I don't know what it is with this kid. I like Joey, but dude, you got to be a little happier. Like, why is he so sad all the time and not happy with anything? Well, I I think he's realized he lost an opportunity to. Oh, you lost there. three points. Big deal. It is a big deal. Got the points lead. Everything happened. You're, plus, you're prob- fine. plus probably like 20 or 25 grand Ugh. more. By the way, Team Goat Farm parachuting in Omera to hang out with Joey this weekend, yeah. JT. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Is that a, a – yeah, I don't know. I don't – What? It just seems strange. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Jim Holly, not a fan of the strategy, huh, Weege? Yeah, Jim's big on you. Just you're just adding more pressure. Like if you're in a tight championship drama fight, bringing in more voices is only just adding more pressure. Like if anything, that's the time when you just need to stick with what was working when there wasn't pressure. Don't keep adding people. Uh, but whatever. He, I can't argue with the fact that he went from not in points lead to now being in the points lead. So whatever. It's not that bad. What's he gonna? What What's he gonna say? Well, when Jmart was killing in Supercross, this is what we. <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> Another hot take. Another hot take. <laughs> um. All right, uh, Kyle Cunningham, ten stitches in practice, uh, and then he's down in the first turn and gets fifth. I texted J Bone because it's Kyle Cunningham. You know, you never quite know. Um, I texted J-Bone about five, six laps from the end. I said, if Cunningham makes this through, can you bring him to the press conference? Because he wrote great. But with Kyle, you never quite know. But uh, he wrote great. Good good for those guys. So, um, Craig got seventh from a first-turn crash. That was good. Um, Mitchell Harrison rode well again. Uh, my fantasy picks killed it, by the way. Um Sort of, kind of. Craig, Craig got Craig got screwed there because he actually got a great jump. Yeah, and came in there. You know, he just had to force it, just kind of like Jordan did. Jordan got away with it, and Christian was even further outside, and he got caught up in the melee. Because otherwise, Christian Road was riding great. You yeah. got to figure he's going to be in that battle. So, 
pretty. Uh, he he definitely paid the the price for his transgressions in practice. Yeah, yeah, really, right? God, that, that, what what? How about with that suck? You dominate the heat, and then you yeah, no, you're outside, bro. You're outside. Yep. Um, and he came within. It did look yeah for like a few seconds. I'm like, he's gonna pull this off. He's gonna get a decent start. Yeah. And then it just turned ugly. And if you look at the what happened to Osborne there in slow mo, I'm pretty sure. And the Huskies pretty sure, although it's hard to say, they're pretty sure it was actually Craig's foot peg that messed up the front wheel. Oh, okay. Um, but if you look at it, it's crazy because Osborne gets bumped into and stood up by all these other guys and then goes careening into really like no man's land. Like he just would have had a bad start and that's it. But then here comes Craig 20 feet away on the outside, <clears throat> wide open, and they just happen to hit foot yeah. peg the front wheel. Craig gets going in the tough block. Osborne's front wheel explodes. It was like... Two ships in the night, two, two ships in the Atlantic Ocean. What are the odds they end up bumping into each other in an exact right. front wheel to foot peg? And, and it ruined both their nights. And you think about it, like, when are Jordan Smith and Christian Craig two high-level elite riders on the outside for a normal main event? Very rarely, you know? But yeah, that probably they, is a factor. They yeah. both were yep. for different reasons, and they both caused – well, not JT because it didn't cause it, but um, – Well, whatever, right? Yeah. They all come cramming in there. You know, Dakota Alex obviously was in there, too, and now he's hurt. Oh, yeah. Um, Is he hurt? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Something in his foot or, foot or leg. Yeah, he's hurt. He's uh, I don't know the extent of it, but it's not great. Just when he Jeez. finally gets graphics. Finally. <laughs> no, this... That and that in a factory motorcycle as well. <laughs> I was thinking more of the graphics, but yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so what do we got here? Three left? St. Louis? New York, Vegas, right? Three left. Yep. So yep. I think Joey holds on to this. I talked to Zach uh, a little bit, and he's like, yeah, I just know what I need to do. I've, I've got the most wins, and if I just win out, I'll win. You know, and, he, and he's probably right. Um, so he knows what he's got a good you know, head on his shoulders about this. But I think Joey holds on to this. I really do. I think he does. I think this is uh, the break he needed, and uh, he's pretty consistent. He's very fast. So what do you think, JT? I'm gonna go with Wacko. I I just think uh, you know he. This is what we we feared in our in our preview pod, and this wasn't his fault. This wasn't a Husky failure, but this is what we feared. We feared a mechanical issue hampering Zach because it's been prevalent in his stupidity career on that team, and that's not fair because this wasn't a like I said this wasn't a Husky failure, but it's still it's the same outcome. But I think with with a ten point deficit. I, I fully believe he's the best guy. And I think with three rounds left, with, with Adam, Jordan, Ferrandis, Zacco. Craig, maybe. Guys that, maybe Craig. Yeah, Christian yeah. Craig and making an impact. If, I don't know how Alex Martin is. But all these guys are capable of getting in there. And it, it's different than the 450 class where there's only a couple guys that are getting in there. Dungey can start last, and he's still going to get third or fourth at worst. Um, these guys are different. They're, there's not a huge margin of separation. And I think Zach could easily get first, you know, next weekend at St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that Savachi gets fifth. And that's just how it plays out. They all ride great. And Joey gets fifth and Zach gets first. And then it's a one-point gap, you know. And, and I think that's very possible. And over a 10-point gap with three rounds to go, I'm going to go with who I think the best rider in the series is, and I'm going to go with Zach. All right, Weege. Yeah, I, I pretty much echo what JT said. Uh, I mean, t- 10 points is 
a sucky deficit, no doubt. So huge advantage to Savachi there. But kind of like what I was saying about Tomac, like I feel like in general in this sport, if you're the guy that wins the most races and you're doing the best riding, generally things work out in your favor. Uh, and 10 points isn't insurmountable. So I'm still going to go with, with uh, Zacco, although only by a hair. It's certainly not going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. One more, one more uh, variable we got to throw in there is Vegas. With with those classes combined, mm-hmm. that's a lot of points that are up for grabs. Yeah. So yep. you know, a, a five point gap is is a completely different landscape when you combine both both classes like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I I actually almost feel like there ends up being a small advantage. Oddly, if you come into Vegas in the let's say Zach goes into Vegas second in points or third in points, but it's close and you're in the must-win situation, it's almost easier in that crazy wild-card race to just be in the must-win, no pressure, nothing to lose, go for the victory, and then the other dude has got to try to not blow it with literally 22 fast factory riders on the gate. I mean, that's what Cooper Webb was up against last year, and a wrist injury, and he literally got it done. And what's, what was Savachi's position? I just got to win, and he won no problem. So sometimes I think going into that nutball race, you're almost better off being second, and I just got to win, and the other dude has to think about math, which is never a good way to ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, congrats to uh, Jordan and TLD team. Yeah, for sure. Again, great job by those guys. It's cool. We've yep. got, a, uh, we've got yeah. another another uh, aspect here, which is pretty interesting, too, because it's basically, on some level, it's uh, Ricky versus Alvin on some some you know mental level here of advice and, and keeping the guy's heads on straight and all that. So I think that's a an interesting characteristic of this is who's in each guy's ear. And those guys were obviously, you know, Alden made his career starting with Ricky. And, and I would, I would dare to say that Ricky's career was made in part due to Alden too. He turned it around for Ricky as far as his super press career. Uh, by the way, speaking of Alden, his guys are not scheduled for press day, but they all showed up for press day. Team Baker switching things up, going to press day. Interesting. Sounds like a future headline. I know, right? Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if it worked or not, you know. Um, but yeah, they all showed up for press day, which was, uh, you know, Feld's uh, Feld's pumped to make that happen. You know, if they want to show, oh, of course, so, yeah. yeah, no lose yep. for them, right? So I found that interesting. I don't know what the strategy was there, but I talked to Alex Martin, and uh, he says I'm sore, bro, and I think something is broke. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe he won't be back. So he's going going to get checked in tomorrow. So, um, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, he got folded. That is the definition well, of folding. If you think about it, he didn't even. He had like, it was like he got hit by you know ISIS. He, he he's just he doesn't even see Craig. You look at his head; he's not looking, and he's just getting on the gas when all of a sudden, just boom! Like that's almost the worst thing, right? Like in practice, you're not even thinking about no. it. Oh, all of a sudden, you are getting folded like an accordion. So, you know who was mad? My phone started blowing up. Was Phil? Phil oh, was yeah. very oh. angry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just another thing for Phil to sit on the couch and stew about. So, um, I saw Tyler Keith uh, after practice uh, just to check, like, is he done for the night or what's the deal? And he could not even like produce words. Like his eyes were beat red. His jaw was clenched, just steam coming out of his ears. He gave me the shakoff like he gave me the no, the, you know, nodded his head no, mm-hmm. as in he will not be racing, but just 
beyond furious. Yeah, uh, understandably. Understandably. Yeah. What if that was fourth yeah, baller? He yeah. start he start dojoing guys. <laughs> um. All right. Okay. This is anything else? JT four for these, two of these. You got anything else to say? Why can't you stay with any fans this weekend or anything? You got anything lined up? <laughs> That's like the awesome two-step. Like if, there, if you could pick two cities where you would not want to randomly stay with people, it'd be Detroit and St. Louis. Right. So, hey, I, think, combo. I think we're doing a – you two are doing a pulp show with me on Friday night at the uh, Moto Museum, by the way. So you're both going to be there? You're both going to get in early? In, JT, you're out. I'm not going you're at not all. You're not going. So I think uh, we're just going to – Yeah, I mean, I get in. I get in. Uh, okay. They talked to me I'm about good. being an MC for this event. I said, no, no, we just the MC. So I think they're going to call you. I'm like, I can't. Wait, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to MC this thing, too. Oh, okay. Glad I have no say in that. Yeah, and you're going to be on this Paul show. Weezer, so. are you okay. doing uh, Airbnb in Ferguson or what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it does with the amount of uh, just ruins, like just empty buildings uh, near the stadium in both of these towns, <laughs> I, I probably could just for free. I could have found plenty of places to stay. Where's Wygant? I wanted to save $65 for Racer X. He's, he's in a sleeping bag in that, uh, in that abandoned 7-Eleven store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're such a... Mo- I, saw, um, oh. I saw Friday night, I was leaving the track, and I won't name names, but I saw a mechanic, uh, you know, one of the rigs, they're done, they're putting the bikes in, they're ready to leave and go to their hotel. And then I see a mechanic then start to assemble his handgun. Oh <laughs> As he gets his bucket. <laughs> really? Oh my god! Like yeah, yeah. Detroit man. Yeah, Mo had Mo had got way, his backpack stolen. I saw on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo had's uh, backpack was stolen with pretty much everything in his entire life in it. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, Dean, Dean Wilson's mechanic. By the way, though, to defend Detroit a little bit, the area around the stadium is actually totally fine. Like it's as good as any other area around a stadium we go to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure if you go seven blocks away, I'm sure it turns. Well, to the point where you'll never count to block number eight, you'll never make it. Kind of like, uh, kind of like where we fine. walked. Kind of like where we walked to the hot dog place, you know. So, um, um yeah, we, yeah, it's all good, right? Um, I was surprised those guys didn't ask me to join in the photo shoot. I looked, a, you know, I looked, I looked like I fit the roles, kind of. So, yeah. yeah, there's Mathis in his hoodie and cargos, right, and gun shoes, and there's again the most, like these guys. It was like a like a three D GQ. Um, <laughs> Uh, feature story had like just come to life off the pages. Right. And there's you and your cargoes. Flyracing.com, uh, Racer X podcast. This has been the uh, Detroit review. Uh, let's join up next week and see uh, what happens because, good God, I don't even know in this anymore. So, um, all right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, Weeds, JT. Thanks, boys. See ya. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. 
we get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did, everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven time, Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey,